It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Speaking of ripoffs, through history, there's always been the promise of the fountain of youth. I'll tell you about one in today's Clark Rage, and coming up yet later, there is some good news on what's going on with our health, starting from young children forward. I want to tell you about that. What's in it for you? So there's been a a problem through tax season earlier this year, and that was a lot of people were shocked that they ended up having to write an additional check to the IRS for tax after they had in good faith, had money withheld from their paychecks all through 2018, they still, when they filed their returns earlier this year, faced a tax bill. And it's because the new tax law, when do I get to stop calling it the new tax law? Anyway, the the new tax law had a lot of traps in it that pushed people into paying more tax than before, plus the way withholdings were adjusted in the aftermath of the implementation of the new tax law ended up under withholding from yet others still. And it has been a very confusing thing, and and really the truth. The tax law was always and only about giving big tax breaks to big publicly traded companies. That was the purpose of it. That was the goal of it. And anything about any changes for personal tax returns was really just window dressing. And there are people who have benefited from lower taxes as individuals, but it's really not about us. It was about ultra-high income earners and also big companies. So that was what it was for. But in the midst of a lot of confusing changes, it led to a large number of people being underwithheld and getting hit with these surprise tax bills on April 15th this year. So there is a fix in the works for next year. (laughs) So this could happen one more time that you end up with a bill shock. But we're getting a whole new procedure for designating our withholdings. It's a form called the W-4, and it's going to be totally different than any we've ever done and in certain situations it's going to completely confound and confuse you so i want to simplify this as much as possible and really the key is if you found yourself with an unexpected additional tax bill that you owe just take and this is obviously not exact but it's going to get you in the ballpark Whatever extra you had to pay the IRS, simply divide it out by the number of pay periods you have. You got paid every two weeks, that'd be 26. You divide that bill by 26, and then you want to elect to have that much additional withheld per paycheck. Now, also, the new withholding form will have something for people who are ultra-high income earners, people who have side income, whatever, where you can go through a series of calculations 
that are much more involved than have ever been done before to make sure you're not severely underwithheld. Now, the biggest thing most Americans have done that is, to call it wrong is a strong word, but that I think is not the best strategy. So a lot of people have a lot of extra money withheld from their checks as a method of forced savings. And then the goal being that when you do get your taxes done, you're then going to get a big refund that's kind of like forced savings with a bonus at the end of the picture. But I've talked in the past about why that's not the greatest idea one of which is because of tax ID fraud where somebody files a return as if they're you and then that refund that you're expecting, you're going to have to wait 10 to 14 months to get while the IRS figures out what really went on and went wrong with your return. Ronald is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Ronald. Good afternoon, Clark. How are you doing? Great. Thank you, Ronald. How can I be of service to you? Yes, I had a question concerning car insurance. As you know, in many states, um, they, the courts will sometimes allow you to plead no nolo contendere um, for a any kind of ticket, either a speeding ticket or whatever. Yeah, in many and, jurisdictions, they will allow you to do that once every so often, like every three years or something like that, where it's a cycle where they say, you know... Everybody can mess up once and end up with a, you know, an illegal right turn or end up with uh, going over the speed limit. So they give you this one chance to plead no low and share with your fellow listener what the benefit is of pleading no low in states that permit it. Well, from what I understand, no low contender means that you um, you basically will have the ticket on your driving record but there will be no points assessed um, on your license. That is 100% correct. And, and so you get too many points in most states, they suspend your license or they correct. move you to a restricted license where you can only use it daytime only or only using it going to and from work or something like that. Or don't, they don't let you drive at all, depending on yes. the system and the points. Um, however, I was under the impression that um, you're typically your your car insurance rates would not go up if um, if you don't get any points. Um, I recently checked my um, checking account, and I noticed that my insurance company had uh, withdrawn a lot more money than they normally would. And when I called them and uh, to ask them why my rates had gone so, so much higher, I found a ticket that I received, and I pleaded no low. And even though there were no points assessed, it still counts against me, um, against my driving record with them. So that tells you a my... lot. That tells you a lot about who you're using for auto insurance. Because each insurer sets their own rules and procedures on how they treat a no point ticket. So a no point ticket will likely show up on your driving record. And some insurers will treat a, a no-point assessed ticket as a non-event. Others will use it as an excuse to push up your rates. So that tells you what you need to know about your own insurer. They aren't willing to give... Do you know the term in golf where somebody's given a mulligan, you know, like a second chance? 
So yeah. the state was is willing to give you a second chance and give you no points for that. But your insurer looks at it as just an opportunity to score more money out of your wallet. Which was kind of disappointing. I mean, I, I <laughs> that I is such a nice know, way for you better. to put it. I, I know, I know, I know. I should know better, but you know, I know who I'm dealing with. And believe it or not, this was one of the insurance companies that you very, very highly rated. I'm talking about they're in the top two on your website, and they assessed you. Well, you know, maybe for you they they didn't prove to be so great after all. But also, I would I would let some time run, and. Once you let some time run on this, you'll be in a position that hopefully the rates will go back down or you'll be able to go shop with others. Having that ticket now in your record means this would be a terrible time for you to shop around. Tim is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Tim. Hi, Clark. How are you? Wonderful. Tim, how can I be of service to you? Well, I just uh, realized after 26 years of being in the Army Reserve, I got my pension is now kicked in because I just turned 60. So I'm in the process of receiving my first retirement check. Well, congratulations to you. And I'd like to express my gratitude to you for your 26 years fighting for our freedom. It's an honor. So... Um, it was a great, a great. I miss the people. I don't miss it, so I'm happy. I'm retired. So <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was time, huh? It was time. It was absolutely time. <laughs> so I have, I have income coming in. My wife uh, is 53. Does not have uh, any type of retirement plan. I have a 401k, and um, she is not employed. She had her own business, but uh, had to close it down. So I'm looking for a path, the best path to try to invest that money since we're already living comfortably on one income i now have extra income i'm coming in that i just don't want to use as play money so i'm wondering what the advantages would be for us to start either a joint ira a roth ira for her or can we start two separate ones yeah you're not allowed to do joint iras but in her case she's eligible for what's known as a spousal ira and absolutely it should be a spousal roth okay and so she's allowed to, you said she's 53? Yes. Yeah, so she can do $7,000 a year into a spousal Roth. And that's great because that's money that will grow tax-free. And way down the road, it can be used by, by y'all to live on. Or if you never need the money, it's a good inheritable asset. Okay. And am I, am I allowed as well to start my own individual Roth? Yes, you're allowed to do a Roth unless you're making just tons of money. I'm not over the cap. Okay, so great. Yeah, it would be wonderful for you to take this money you don't need, pop 14 in each year, seven into hers, seven into yours, and build up that Roth money because it's so valuable as an asset later because... Everything you earn in it's tax-free. When you spend it, it's all tax-free. And so it is the one of the very best ways, almost the best, to put money aside. Okay. That's uh, kind of 
path I was looking at doing. I just wanted to reach out to somebody that's far smarter than me. So. Well, definitely not. Just I have an area that I spend a lot of time thinking and talking and reading about. So um, do you know where I'd like you to go open those Roth IRAs? No, I don't. Help me out. All right. I want you to go to one of the low-cost companies that are commission-free, and then the investments themselves have almost no management expense. Yeah. And there are three companies that are the three giants of that, and they're Vanguard, Schwab, and Fidelity. Do you do business with any of those three? I'm already invested in my work IRA through Fidelity. So, so I think it'd be fine to go open your Roths at Fidelity. And I wanted to mention one other benefit of being with Fidelity. They have a variety of credit cards where you earn 2% cash back on everything you buy if you use that credit card. And the money can go into your Roths, can go into your um, your investment account if you have one with them, can go into a college savings plan. I mean, any of a variety of things, you can just get the cash. I mean, it's it's really a good thing if you're in Fidelity's system. Okay, awesome. And I Fidelity will, uh... has... Uh, if you open those Ross there, they have a product called the Target Retirement Fund, which is my favorite for people to put money in in a Roth. Okay. But Fidelity has two kinds, one I don't like and one I do. And so the good one at Fidelity is called the, um, I'm going to but- butcher the name a little bit, but it's the Fidelity uh, Index Target okay. Retirement Portfolio which has extremely low cost, the regular Fidelity Target Retirement Fund has um, not ultra high cost, but higher cost than I like. And so if you open your Ross with them and go in that Target Index Fund, I think you'll be great. Today's Clark Rageous Moment is a special warning for you. Something that's been a promise forever is one that people are drawn to and you got to be wary. It's the idea of eternal life or a fountain of youth. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. So there's always hope that springs eternal about how you can have ultra, ultra long life. I remember when there was recently, it was a little bit more than recently now, there was the report that In theory, we could live to age 135 if we lived on a tiny amount of calories per day, were extra thin, and there were a number of other things along with it. And when I remember all that publicity came out about the idea of living to 135, it sounded so miserable as a way to live, I didn't want to live to 135. So people are always looking for the easy answer, right? Because that wasn't. So... Lately, there's been this promise that you could get these blood transfusions where you would have the blood of young people as a way of you being able to live an ultra-long life. It's actually where you get blood plasma from young donors. And the FDA shut down one of these companies. It was one called Ambrosia. Now they're back. I didn't even know that they were back doing this again after the FDA had shut them down. And I just want you to think about it logically. 
it's like anything else. You see those commercials on TV about the miracle pill that suddenly you can do everything like you did, stay as a couch potato, eat as many calories as you want, and you're going to lose a zillion pounds just by taking the pill or whatever it is, magic elixir they're promoting. You know, in order to improve your health, to improve your longevity, all those things, they're work. Nobody can come up with some magic potion that's going to make that happen. Maybe in science fiction they can. So really, anytime somebody offers you this kind of shortcut, know that if you buy into it, you're ripping yourself off. Because as soon as that one fades into oblivion, there'll be somebody else promising their version of a magic pill. So glad you're here with us on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is our site where we post bargains for you, deals up to the minute, all weeks, all days of the week, all hours of every day and night. We're hard at work with our deal diggers looking for bargains for you. So we know we've had a problem in the United States with Americans being overweight. So I do a lot of health problems, shortened lifespans, and Americans have been getting larger for a good while. But now there's some hope. There's something positive to share with you, and that is, is so much news has been out there about the weight issues in the United States, the thing is actually starting to turn around. And it's starting with our kids. Parents have a different attitude now and a much better understanding about improving what our kids eat and drink as young children and into adolescence. So much so that a report from the Centers for Disease Control finds that obesity in very young children is down almost 20% from where it was just seven short years ago. That's a massive improvement in a relatively short period of time. You know, I was thinking about how when I was a kid, we had high sugar soft drinks all the time. Today, parents look at that as like some kind of poison if they gave it to their kids. Joel, with all your kids, you you up to twelve now? How many Something kids like do you that. have? Very close, close to close to having three. Um, how how often are they allowed to have a high sugar soft drink, high sugar soda? It's incredibly rare. It's really almost never that we would yeah give them. Does it have to be like a birthday or something? Yeah, that t- goes? typically like a birthday or if they're hanging out at the grandparents' house, they'll sometimes get, I mean, they get so many more sweets when they hang out at the grandparents' house, so that's usually but, the only time. But it's not just because their grandparents spoiling grandkids. That's the mentality that they thought was fine, Yeah, and they probably thought it was fine for you. No, I think you're right. I think it's prior generation. It's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of prior generation and how they view sugary snacks, and then at the same time, it's spoiling their grandkids. So yeah, at our house, though, very, very little of that. The other thing that was a real shift for parents is for a while, uh, giving kids all the juice they wanted, people thought was just fine because they thought, oh, well, I'm giving my kids fruit. That's got to be great, fruit juice. 
without an understanding about how much sugar was in those, how many calories were in those. And so parents now are giving kids actual real fruit to eat instead of fruit juice or and getting rid of those soft drinks and making those changes or changing the equation for what these kids are going to face as they grow up, what kind of health issues. Because if you start off heavier, it just gets more of a problem as you grow. And so if you keep that under control when kids are really small, it's very, very positive. And it also is a clear signal that if you want to know how to make those changes in your life, what works for these kids works for you too. You know, it's all about, I know there's every fad diet there's ever been, but the reality, calories in is a very easy way for you to know what it's going to take to reduce how much weight you have. It doesn't mean starvation diet, it just means knowing the calories. I'm a numbers guy, so that's really easy for me. Paul is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Paul. Hey, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Paul. You are someone who is on the front lines trying to assert your rights to your privacy. Right. How's that going? Well, I don't know. I mean, what's the risk? I mean, what, what, do, these, what do these people want all my information for? And it's not just my cell phone. It's any kind of app that I, I want to download any app, any website you go to. You know, a couple of months ago, I did a segment on the air about privacy policies that lawyers can't decipher privacy policies at all, that even somebody with an advanced college degree cannot understand what companies have put in these privacy policies. And it's because your information and mine is really valuable to companies now who are engaging hiring companies that are deep data companies that can build these pro- profiles on us, that can be used to manipulate us, to protect our behavior. And it's a, it's a serious societal issue that our personal information is not personal. Right. So what are you but, doing about it? Well, I'm not using half the features on my phone or I'm not using a lot of apps. Yeah, and and the apps have been a problem both on iPhone and Android that uh, in spite of the best efforts of Apple, it's come out loud and clear that the apps are engaging in wholesale invasions of our privacy on any smartphone we use, uh, any company we do e-commerce with, uh, any financial institution we're a customer of, that our information is out there and you've tried to do things to limit the harm and it's just a big frustration for you, isn't it? Right. Is it just data you know, data mining for AI or uh, data mining for all different reasons. Uh, deep data is about knowing so much about you online and offline that people are able to with a decent amount of certainty, be able to predict what you might be a customer of, what you might like, what you might not like, uh, how you vote, what kind of car you might want to buy. I mean, it's really creepy, these companies that are unregulated and have these massive databases on us. 
that companies help feed into and then companies buy uh, targeted information from these firms. So I wish that I had for you an easy way when this does bother you to get your information back where it belongs and that's in your hands. But as I've shared before and as I shared a couple of months ago, until we are until we adopt a national law for clear rights for you and I to control our information and to have a right to privacy, what Europe calls the right to be forgotten, until we do so, the marketplace is not going to cure this. There is no automatic marketplace force that in capitalism will deal with it. As much as I am a free enterpriser, this is one of those things where government has to be the referee, has to establish the rules, and we have to be given the right to control what information of ours is available and what's private. Deborah's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Deborah. Hey, good afternoon. How are you today, Clark? Great, thank you, Deborah. You want to talk about something fun? <laughs> I do, but it's been very challenging at the same time, which is starting to take a little bit of the fun out. So I'm hoping you've got some ideas for me. I am so sorry. What are you trying to do? Well, I'm a longtime listener. I've always followed you for your Friday flyer tips, your thinking outside of the box tips, and uh, I totally believe in your mantra to find a good fare and then find a, a reason to go. But I found myself, um, our family is wanting to join in on a trip that has a predetermined date and a location to... So wait, uh, you're violating my travel bargain rules completely. <laughs> I know, but I feel like you've got a solution. So uh, Oh you know, boy, let's see. Where Where's the destination? Well, this will be going into Liberia, Costa Rica later in the fall. That is such a popular place these days. Wow. Well, so, it's been interesting, though, that, um, you know, of the two locations that this has been such a hard one to find a good fare to. So you can fly into, a lot of times people will fly into San Jose, Costa Rica, but it's a hassle. Uh, the roads are, hit, you know, some are okay, some are not going from Costa from San Jose over to the coast. But you said you're going in the fall, later in the fall. What month in the fall are you going to go? In September. So that is going to be a very slow travel period. Have you set up any fare alerts for Liberia? I have. I checked your website. I'm set up with all the ones that you referenced. Google, Kayak, Skyscanner, Hopper, TripAdvisor, and follow various blogs that also have really good information. And I do get alerts, um, but it's interesting that it might be, you get, I get an alert and I'll go to, you know, to click on the email and it'll be the fare went down $16. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm yeah, sorry. So right so now... Often, often you'll find from... Um, from a lot of destinations in the United States, you'll get to San Jose in the 300s, and Liberia will be in the 500s or 600s. Right. And actually, right now, I'm looking at fares in, in the 800s. 800s. Wow. Now, yes. that's not going to hold because September, October, November for fun in the sun spots is off, off, off season. So you have a pretty good chance that a deal will come up. And I would encourage you not to get nervous and instead to be as patient as you can be. Fantastic. That's and great news. If nothing comes along and I'm proven wrong, 
what I would do next is I would look at the fares to Liberia from Fort Lauderdale and Miami. Regardless of where you live in the country, you can get to South Florida pretty reasonably cheaply, especially in September. And you may find that there's going to be a very good fare you can fly out of Fort Lauderdale or Miami to Liberia, Costa Rica, that even when you add it to your fare getting from your hometown to Miami or Fort Lauderdale will still equate to a much cheaper price. In doing that, is, do you have a recommended way like to allow a certain amount of hours? Because I looked at that. There was a good fare out of Houston and out of New Orleans. Um, when Two I cities about I didn't even mention. On. Okay. Well, and but well, you're doing but, you know, some good research. But, you know, I've been warned that the concern is how many times we've sat on a tarmac for four or five hours. Right. And when you're booking them a la carte in this fashion, then they're not very helpful or concerned that you've missed your connection. So if I look at it that way, what is your best advice as far as securing the you know, flight to get me to Fort Lauderdale or Miami? And then the time or or what you said with Houston or New Orleans is that I like for the connect time to go to six hours. Okay, perfect. You know, then you'd really have to be somebody with a dark cloud following you around if six <laughs> hours wasn't enough. The other thing is often you'll be able to fly into whatever that connecting city is on a separate fare on the same airline that you'd be taking outbound. Okay. And then they're much more accommodating if it's their bad, their fault, that you didn't make it for their flight for a connection. So that would be something that hopefully would work out for you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Alan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Alan, first I have to remind parents that maybe this would be a time to cover their kids' ears because you're about to talk about what is a cuss word on our show. <laughs> yes, yes, I, I've heard you talk a lot about them, but uh, now that I have a uh, variable annuity, uh, what do I? Oh, you said it! Uh, you said it! I said the word. <laughs> so back in 2008, uh, I had got a little inheritance, and I had no idea what to do with it, and so I went to the local financial services office, and I got sold a uh, variable annuity with a life insurance policy. It has not done as well as my uh, IRA's 401ks. Oh, no but, kidding, because the yeah. the massive, massive uh, commissions and fees and expenses built into an annuity are hideously large and can be as much as 40 times higher than what you'd have if you go to one of the low-cost companies 
and have just a regular investment account or IRA or anything like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we should have just invested that money in the market. Anyway, I'm I'm past the uh, surrender period now, and I could take it out and reinvest it. Um, the best thing to do, the best thing to do, would be to do what's known as a 1035 exchange, where tax-free, you can move it from a rip-off high-commission insurance company to one of the low-cost, you're going to have to stay in some form of annuity, unfortunately, but you can at least move it to a company that will have costs that will probably be about a fifth to a tenth of what you're paying right now to the high-commission company. So I want to give you a couple of choices, if I could. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, first, I would mention TIA, T-I-A-A. Have you ever heard of them? I have, yes. So they uh, very well will have possibly a very low-cost alternative that you could 1035 the money into. And that's what it's called, a 1035. The second choice would be Vanguard which is the ultra-low-cost investment house, they have an ultra-inexpensive annuity product, variable annuity product. has no commissions, extremely low fees. In fact, the Vanguard annuity product, its management fees are lower than what the average mutual fund fee is in the country. And then the third choice would be Fidelity Investments also has a series of annuities that are lower cost. But odds are that if you look at the three of them, Vanguard will be the cheapest for that 1035 exchange. And then probably TIA and then followed by Fidelity, or those two may be fairly close together. Okay. And so if you if you go to any of their websites and you read up on... Uh, you could just go put in the box 1035 exchange, and they'll explain the procedure, how you do it. Very good. Thank you. So, um, you know, the good news, you didn't lose money over these 12 years in it. <laughs> no. <laughs> so are commissions and charges continuing all through the years? Yeah. There are, well, the commissions are baked into why you're paying such monstrously large expenses when you do one of those with an insurance company. Okay. So, you know, the annuity product is one that I, um, I despise intensely because it's something that only benefits the insurance company and the commission salesperson. It's not about you, and that's why going to a company that doesn't have commissions on them is where I want you to be. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.